All right, well, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for coming out today. Uh, boy, Alan is so gracious to allow us to, to take this spot and share with you. Uh, I, I rode, I don't know how many of y'all ride our shuttle bus for, for the parking, but I rode the shuttle up this morning and I was, I was telling the, our driver that, you know, the hardest thing about today is uh, it's like taking a driving test and having your dad in the car, you know. Uh, and, and at the first service, my father was actually here, but not only my father, but my pastor's here. And so I'm like, oh, man, I'm a nervous wreck. But uh, thank you guys for being here today. Thank you for coming out. And uh, big shout out. I know Alan has spent some time talking about it, but thank you yesterday, Harvest, for your turnout, your response uh, to the outreach on Main Street, uh, hundreds of John and Romans that went out. And I just thank you for your willingness. It was only a few weeks ago we set up a tent in the lawn. And, uh, you know, we just asked, hey, can you all help? I think we only asked that question for two hours that one Sunday. And we had over, I mean, over 40 people said yes. So, man, thank you guys. It, it just made it so nice. It began at 7.30 in the morning with setup. It ran through serving from 10 to noon. It went into teardown, uh, clear into the afternoon. And we had people on all levels helping. And so thank you so much uh, for your labor. And it's not in vain. It is not in vain. I, I, I'm amazed every week how many volunteers it takes. And some of you are in here today. Hey, Harvest team workers or harvest kid workers. You know, they, uh, this is our fifth Sunday. So a lot of them, we try to give most of them a day off. Uh, but man, week after week, there's, I think there's over 60 people serving every Sunday to make Sunday happen. So thank you. Thank you so much for all that you do. God's blessing on you all. If you would be turning with me to Romans chapter 13, Romans 13 is where we'll be spending our time today or for the next few minutes. Romans chapter 13, and this is a fifth Sunday, and with each one of those that come throughout the year, we like to take the time to observe the Lord's Supper. Uh, as you came in, you should have received a, uh, a cup uh, from, from one of our deacons, and if you would, just set that aside, and just here in a few minutes, we'll, we will observe that together. But set it aside for now, and we'll, we'll come back to it. Uh, Romans chapter 13 and verses... 11, get there myself, Romans 13, 11 through 14. And he says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And I, I don't have a lot of time today with everything that we'll be doing up here, but I would like to try to cover, if I, if I could, in some points about our adversary uh, the urgency and, and our response, your response to the message. So look with me back at Romans 13 and in verse 11, specifically 
Verse 11 will be where we're going to hang out for the next few minutes. And he says, And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And, man, uh, a few weeks ago, Alan, in, his, in one of his sermons, he compared his preaching style to like that of an armored truck. I don't know if you were in here, but he talked about but the back of this truck, the door swung open. And so with every turn and every bump, man, the goods are flying out. And you just, all you got to do is, is gather up as much as you can. And praise the Lord for our pastor. I, I, I love how blessed we are that he can fill this pulpit and bring the message every week. Uh, but I would say, but and however, that's not me. <laughs> and so today, uh, I would say you know, I'm more like that, uh, that, that big billboard sign on the I-70 corridor. So I'm just the billboard sign. And out of the text today, I just want you to remember, awake. Awake, the sign is saying, awake. If you remember nothing else about today's sermon, remember Romans 13, 11. Uh, I, I asked the first uh, group that how many of them wake up to an alarm clock. And if you do tomorrow morning or throughout the week, if you take a sticky note, put Romans 13, 11 next to your alarm clock this week. Awake, awake is what I want you to remember. Look again with me at what time it is, what Paul says. And he says in verse 11, he says it's high time. It's like the, the fire bell just went off and those firefighters are, do they still slide down the pole? I don't know. But they're still sliding down the poles and they're, they're running to the trucks that are prepped and ready. They're, they're jumping aboard and they're racing out of the firehouse, horns blaring to go and try and rescue one from an inferno of flames. Hey, church, the Bible says it's high time we got to go. Amen? We got to awake. It's high time. Let's talk about our adversary in verse 11. He said, where is, where's the urgency in our walk? Why no boldness in our witness? And I, I would say that somebody has been lying to us. All right? Someone's lying to us. Look with me in, in a couple of verses in John, uh, John chapter 8 and verse 44. And then also put your finger in John 10, John 8, 44. In John 8, Jesus is, he's speaking to that religious crowd uh, that they're, they're, they're trying to persuade the people that there's another way. There's another way. Works will get you there. Keeping the law will get you there. Uh, there, there's, there's another way, but it's not Jesus. Well, here's, here's his response in John 8 and verse 44 to those leaders that are, that are sharing that false doctrine. He says, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He is a liar and the father of it. Flip over to John 10 and, and verse 10. John 10, 10, he says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. 
So from the Bible, we see that he's a thief and he's a liar. He's lying to you. He wants to steal something from you, church. Next time the devil tries to whisper in your ear and, and, and tell you you're inadequate, tell you that you're not enough, tell you to silence. No, don't go out to that outreach. No, don't go share that gospel. You know what? It doesn't matter. He's a liar. He's lying to you. The Bible says we serve the most high God, Psalms 57.2. You're a child of the king, 1 John 3.1. We're seated in heavenly places, Ephesians 2.6. You've been sealed and empowered with the Holy Spirit of promise, Ephesians 1.13, Acts 1.8. And he's preserved and equipped us with the infallible standard of truth. John 17, 17, his word, your Bible, and it will endure forever. Mark 13, 31 says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Amen. Great grace has been bestowed upon you, church, and you're precious in his sight. And like point number one says, never for a minute allow yourself to believe that you must live lower than what God has called you to be. The Bible says God so loved. He loved you. He loved me. John 3.16, you know it. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So there's an urgency. There's an urgency. Do you know him? It's not too late. Seek him while he can still be found. Don't delay. Today is the day of salvation. Today's the day. So what time is it? Sound booth, they, they, they keep me going. Some, one time they shut it, the light completely off on me. Uh, you, know, you know you did bad that time. But, uh, but, they, but it's high time, Tom. Keep moving. Okay, it's high time. So, so back to our text, Romans uh, chapter 13. Romans 13. And this will lead us into the next point number two. Point number two, knowing the times makes it high time for the church to be faithful to the mandate of making disciples, Matthew 28, verse 18. Out of all the things we do in the church week after week, out of all the, all the, the labor and work that goes in to church, uh, don't lose sight of what God has commissioned us to do. He says, be witnesses unto me, church. Go, teach Make disciples. Let's be doing that, okay? And all, and all that we do, let it be said. Let, let, let's analyze. Let's look at as a church body. Man, am I doing that? I'm really busy. There's a lot going on. But am I doing that? Man, let, let's stay focused on the, the commission that God has given us to go and teach and make disciples. So look at what he says next in Romans 13 and verse, in verse 11. It's high time to do what? Verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Awake out of sleep. Something or someone is wooing this world to sleep. Getting us to believe there's always tomorrow. Why the rush? Why the hurry? Just, just, just sleep in. Don't worry about it. Shh. 
the world, the, the, world, the world says to the crowds coming by, like a baby's lullaby, right? Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And about that time, the baby cries when I'm singing. But, but man, there is a lullaby. Someone or something is wooing us, church, to sleep. No hurry. Don't worry about it. Why the bother? Calm down. He's a liar. Your flesh wants you to lie down and take its rest. Go the easy path, it says. The world system says eat, drink, and pursue happiness. After all, it's it's your rights. I have a right for that. The devil says, I'll give you all these kingdoms if you'll just bow down and worship me. Remember what he said in John 8, John 10. He'll give you whatever you're willing to sell out for. He absolutely will. He's a liar. Don't you believe it for a minute? As your missions pastor, oftentimes when we're away serving with our missionaries on a foreign field, there's a moment, and it does seem like it it takes some time of being out of this culture in a way, uh, but there's a moment when, like in the epic poem of Homer's Odyssey, As the ship finally escapes their grasp, the sirens stop. And then the mission gets so clearly in view as you see the great commission of Acts 1-8 being just, it's like the first century church. You see it being played out right in front of you around the world. And you begin to see the, the power of the gospel changing lives. But then upon return home, slowly but surely, I mean, I... Boy, it's my desire, you know what, over the next, man, I, I, I pray that over the next four years that, man, we can get to every mission field that we support, and you all come with me. If you're able, come along. I, I mean, we got to go. But when we get back here, it just seems like slowly in the comforts and our common surroundings, those sirens begin playing again. They begin wooing us to sleep. And oh, to be like the oarsmen of the boat who, who, who plugged their ears to the devilish lies of the sirens. Even though their poor friend Odysseus, he's, he's bound to the mast and he's screaming to his crew, drive the ship to the rocks, we got to get to the island. The crew just, they stay the course. They keep rowing and they row it, they row to safety. Sometimes I feel that those sirens represent to me the world and the flesh and the devil, and it's warring against my spirit to to drive my life into the rocks, to death and to destruction. I dare say we have a much surer word than all the world's greatest poets combined before us today, amen? Uh, Before us today, the word of God is telling us to awake, awake, be turning to Psalms 139 and While you are, let me give you point number three. The night is far spent. Let us stay focused on the eternal. Awake, church. Let's get back to focusing on the two things that will endure forever. The word of God and the souls of men. Word of God and the souls of men. Let's awake to that. Let's be busy about that. Let's make that the main thing in our lives. So our response You might be saying, okay, Tom, I hear the alarm sounding loud and clear today. I'm awake. I'm awake. Now what? Well, I was, uh, we were blessed yesterday, actually on Main Street. Uh, Our our missionaries from Cambodia 
were in country and they're transitioning to go back to India. But the missionary reminded me, he, he, he knew that uh, I would be speaking today and about this text. And he told me to tell you, church, tell your church, don't hit the snooze button. Don't hit the snooze button. Awake, church, awake. Know this, as you awake every day, as you awake every day, you're precious to God. Psalms 139 in verses 17 and 18, he says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. More in number than the sand. That, that just blows me away. When I awake... I am still with thee. When I awake, I am still with thee. God has a plan and a purpose for you in this church, and I invite you, come and grow with us. Come and grow. Don't just be a spectator on the sideline. There's a pathway here. There's a place for you. You can plug in. I don't care what level you're at in your Christian life, in your walk. If you were just born again yesterday at the outreach, or whether you're, you're just a Man, a, a soldier, a saint that's been serving for years and years and years. There's a place for you. You're not done. It's not over. Point number four says, For as much as God has thought of you, Psalms 139, verse 17, don't allow yourself to think so little of him. Finish faithful. Finish faithful. Listed on your handout is Ephesians 5 and verse 14. And his word is calling out to us today. Ephesians 5, 14 says, Awake, thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Uh, it's like we're in this race, in this, we've rounded turn four, church. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is the last lap. We just rounded turn four. We're in the straightaway, and the finish line is right there. Can you see it? Wake up. It is right there, the urgency, the urgency of what God is calling us to right now, this, this post-pandemic time with everything going on around the world. There, there isn't a better time for the church to shine light, to shine hope, to shine love, to reach out to a dying and lost world. be turning to 1 Corinthians 11 as we prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper, but there is a pathway for growth here. And I would just ask, are you on it? Are you on it? Make it more than just, just a drive-through service, man. Come and labor with us in the greatest thing that God... I mean, it's, it's the whole reason God left us here. I mean, it is just to fulfill what the Holy Spirit of God inside you has empowered you to naturally do to go out and shine light and love and hope to the world. Awake, because the Bible promises that he's coming back. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 26, he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. And as much as the Lord's supper is in remembrance of all he's done for us, it also serves as a reminder, hey, you know what? He's not done yet. 
Don't miss the ending of that verse. Till he come. He's coming back. Jesus is coming back, church. Are you awake? Jesus is coming back. Uh, in the last book of your Bible, I mean, Revelations, chapter three times in the book, on the, just on the, as, as God is, is, is sealing this book up, it's completed. He's going to present it to mankind. Three times he emphatically reminds us in chapter three and verse 11, behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Someone's trying to steal something from you, church. Somebody wants you to go to sleep. Somebody doesn't want you to win this race. Wake up. Revelations 22, 7. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Have you been discipled? Are you growing? Do you know your Bible? You got handles on your Bible? You got a good edge on your sword, church? Revelations twenty two twelve. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Boy, my prayer, my desire for you today is that you would make today a day you can look back on and say, you know what, it was that fifth Sunday in October 2021. It was that Lord's Supper Sunday. I finally said yes. I said yes to the Lord's leading in my life. I woke up that day and all things became new. All things became new. First and foremost, I would ask for the whole church, do you know him? Do you know Jesus Christ? He came, he died, he rose again. He loves you, he thinks of you. More than the sand, next time you're on a beach, count the, what can more than the sand he thinks of you. He loves you. He's given heaven's best for you. Do you know him? If you don't know him, you can today. Make it today. Jesus, save me. Oh God, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I confess to you I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Come into my life and save me. Make me born again today. That can be today for you. Oh God, that Jesus Christ would be magnified at this Lord's Supper, at this remembrance. All that he's done is for that, for mankind's salvation. And now through the word and the teaching of the Bible, our sanctification. But one day, till he come, one day glorification is coming for us. And it'll be too late for those of you that don't know my Savior, that don't know Jesus Christ. I plead with you, make it today. Now, for the rest of us, God did not pay such a high price for our salvation for us to just sit around and remain spiritual orphans, for us to continue to be prodigal child. Will you decide today to awake? Maybe your prayer could be something like this. Oh, God, help me to awake to the life that you've purposed for me. Help me to stop living lower than what you've called me to be. Order my steps to bring you the most glory with the life I have left. Amen? Again, I invite you, church, if there's any way that we can help you in your spiritual growth at the end of this service today, whether you need to be born again or whether you just need to plug in. Tom, 
Come forward. Meet with our pastors. Meet with our altar workers. And let us help you get onto that pathway. I'm telling you, uh, he's coming quickly. Let's be found faithful upon his return. So be turning with me now to back to 1 Corinthians 11. And we'll prepare to take this Lord's Supper together. I'm going to move over here. So the communion, the communion, it is a a, a celebration. It's a feast of love. God so loved. Church, we're assembled together. This is like, uh, Callie, I mean, I'm kind of nervous, you know. It's It's that time around as a family sitting around the table, and we're doing this in remembrance of how much God has loved us, what he's given for us. Man, I'm so glad you're here. To, to just do this together today. It's a symbol. It's a memorial of our of faith. I don't, know, I don't know your story. Man, time permitting. You know, one thing about the outreaches that we do when we get out and we do things together, Sunday morning it's hard to share testimony and just kind of do life. I can walk with you, but you drive away so quickly, you know. But man, when we get to hang out for like five hours on a weekend, I, it, I love... Man, tell me that old, old story, right? Where did Jesus find you? Where did he meet you at? Man, where, what, what happened? What was that day about? I love to hear the story of new life. I know for me it happened in, man, in a red Mississippi clay in Meridian, Mississippi in a cemetery. Uh, man, Jesus found me there. And praise the Lord, I, I, remember, I remember the new life that came in. It's a mystery, and we've talked about it the whole morning. It's a prophecy of hope. He's coming back. We know he's coming back soon. So just a couple of questions you may have, some qualifications for the Lord's Supper. Uh, Tom, am I welcome? Am I welcome to partake of this Lord's Supper with you all in your church? And if you're visiting, um, I would say, you know, you're free to, to watch and listen and to touch. And I would even say even partake of the elements uh, but and if any of you or anyone else decide to only observe and not partake for any reason, we honor your decision, uh, and there's no pressure on you to do it, but we're, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here, and we invite you. Maybe you have questions about the ordinance. You know, we, we, want, we want to take away the mystical aspect of it. You have questions, you want to better understand it, come forward at the end. We'd be glad to, we'd be glad to answer, and we'd be glad to, to talk to you more about that. But the question, are you welcome to take this with us? Some churches observe an an open communion, uh, and they they make the table available to anyone that calls themselves Christian. Uh, Some churches practice closed communion, and and you have to be a member. If if you're not on the the roll, then, then then you're not welcome. A closed communion. Well, we do neither of those. We, we say and we like to communicate it in a way that we recognize, we observe a close communion. So if you're a member in good standing of a church of like faith, meaning you've trusted Jesus Christ for eternal life and you know you're born again, uh, and also in like practices ours as meaning you've been baptized uh, by immersion because you professed your faith in him, then this table's for you today. The second question I'd like to address is, uh, am I worthy? And boy, this is a question we all need to ask today, right? Am I worthy? 
for the sake of an ungrieved Holy Spirit in our, in our presence. 1 Corinthians 11 and verses 27 and 28. And they read, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Be turning with me one more time to Ephesians 4. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? What are the things we need to repent of before we observe this Lord's Supper together? Well, the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and verses 31 that there are things in our life we need to get rid of. We need to discard them. We need to throw them in the trash. Ephesians 4 and verse 31, it says, Hey, church, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. These things will. They do bitter your soul. They wound your friends. They ruin your testimony. But most of all, they grieve your Holy, the Holy Spirit within you. Uh, so what do we do? Keep reading with me. Ephesians 4 and verse 32. But be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And if you have not forgiven them, uh, and, uh, and you're holding on to some form of grudge or ill will toward another, then repent of it today. Repent of it today and turn around. Turn around now. Uh, I'm going to uh, let me I'm going to pause for a moment to give you time to be honest with yourself before God and be sure there's nothing grieving the Holy Spirit's presence in our life today. I want you to examine yourself now uh, and, and pray and take care of that even now. And while they're doing that, I'm going to ask the, the two deacons that are helping me to come forward. Take this time and examine God, is there anything in my life that's grieving your spirit? Is there anything in my life that's hindering me to be all that I can be for you? First John 1 9 says, He's faithful to forgive. Amen. And cleanse us. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1 9, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Okay, so if you would uh, take the cup that you were given as you came in by our deacons. If there's anyone that didn't receive one, we had deacons standing around, they'd be glad to give you one. Raise your hand, they, they'd be, they'll bring you one over anybody. Raise your hand. Uh, and let's, so, you know, we've, uh, maybe the next Lord's Supper will have the opportunity, we may pass the plate, but for now, uh, we've been, we've been doing them this way. So if you would turn it to the side that the unleavened bread is, is up and then let's just peel that little tab back and take the bread and I, I would ask you to hold it and we'll, we'll partake of it together. The bread it pictures Christ's body broken for us. And even though the Bible says not a single bone of Jesus was broken on the cross, but his body is broken apart as we share it together. And it is broken and distributed so that we can be united.
So Matt Grantham, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, as Tom was talking about, that uh, let us wake out of sleep. Um, you know, for those of you that that may not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, it was 37 years ago this month that I called on the Lord to save me. And I remember, I don't remember the date, it's not important, but I can tell you where I was. I was at REF Bentwaters, England, dorm 759, room 214. And I turned off the light and I had knelt there in my room alone. And I called on the name of the Lord. It was because of that. He's worthy. When I realized that I needed to be saved. That I needed a savior. And that he broke. He was broken for me. And that he shed his blood for me. And I realized that. I could not. I could not say no. But I had to say, yes, Lord, yes. And so, Lord, thank you for laying down your life for me, Matt Grantham. And give me that promise that whosoever, that when Matt Grantham called upon your name, that you gave me everlasting life. And I pray that for these people here and for those of us that have accepted you as Savior, Lord. Let today be the day that we awake out of our sleep and we do something, that we put our foot forward because you are worthy of it. We do it because we love you. And so, Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Luke, Luke 22 and verse 19, <clears throat> says, As he took the bread and gave thanks and break it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Take and eat. Okay. Now, out of that same cup, we'll just turn it over. This is the scary part, right, for your neighbor. <laughs> Will he open that without getting it on me? No, but so carefully just peel this back and let's open up the grape juice, which will represent the wine, represent the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. Luke 22 and verse 20 says, Likewise also the cup, after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. This fruit of the vine, as the Bible calls it, pictures the blood of Jesus Christ shed to pay sin's penalty for all mankind. The song says, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus First uh, John one seven reminds us that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. And then, as 
Uh, Larry, I'm going to go ahead and let you pray, and we'll take this cup together. Go ahead. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning, I give you all the praise and glory. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. Oh, God, I, I just can't think of why anyone wouldn't want to accept you as their Lord and Savior, but the road is going to be narrow to get to heaven. God, I pray for each and every individual here this morning. I pray that they understand that Jesus came to this earth and died such a dreadful death, nailed to the cross at Calvary to forgive us of our sins. Lord, I pray that we honor that. I pray that we would take upon this blood this morning, this, this, this wine that represents your blood. In a heartfelt way, Lord, to give their lives over to you, to accept you as your Lord and Savior. In the precious name of your Son, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 26, he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. So drink, drink all of it. Hallelujah, church. Jesus is coming. Praise the Lord for what he's done. Brandon, y'all could, could sing us out. Uh, boy, what a, what a blessing. Thank you, church. If you, if you made a decision today, if you need to make a decision today, if the Holy Spirit is calling you, drawing you, come forward. We'll be up here. The counselors will be up here. See one of us. Let us help you to awake and to grow into the life that Jesus Christ has for you. Thank you, deacons. Thank you, guys.